song. How many believe he's coming again? Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to an unusual place for soul winning, but Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, we'll use this as a springboard verse to get us over into our discussion tonight. And we're in a little series on soul winning right now and actually going to walk us through some uh, if, technique, for the lack of better terms. And, and if you have a, a program or a system or whatever that you use, uh, that's great. Some may say, well, preacher, I wing it. Well, if you wing it, that's great, as long as you wing it as often as you can. And uh, I uh, appreciate all of our folks that come out on Wednesday night. I thought about uh, the good crowds we had for our end time series, and I think that it's good to have a good crowd for soul winning as well. Amen. You know, if, if we really believe Jesus Christ is coming again, we certainly be telling others about him. Amen. And so... Uh, uh, we, uh, we got a lot of ground to cover here. It'll be just as quick. The, the door is just a prop to remind us, 57,000 doors. Uh, that is not a big as of a task as, as we make it out to be in our minds. We're going to chop away at that. We did this past week, had folks saved. Uh, one of our uh, men uh, actually coming home on a plane won a man to Christ on the plane the other day that actually lived in Oregon. We're so thankful for that. And so other, other reports of people trusting Christ as Savior, and we're so thankful for that. Let's stand together, please, reading God's Word in Daniel chapter number 12 and uh, verse uh, number 2. You know, we uh, talk about uh, Jesus Christ coming again, and we touched on this in our end time series but actually, uh, it is mentioned here, verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt, speaking of hell. And so we're at the end of a prophetical book here of Daniel, and he's making a conclusion. Then he says this. Let's read verse 3 out loud together. Verse 3 in unison ready. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Speaking of those people like you and I that turn others to righteousness or to Christ. Now, let me read just a verse uh, that goes along with that. In verse number 30 of Proverbs 12, it says this, The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. In other words, he that that man, that woman, that young person that brings people, or we should, could say like this, wins people over to the gospel by their life and by what they say from the Word of God are wise people, and these are people that will shine as stars. And by the way, we're not teaching and preaching this tonight, but there is in heaven several crowns. One of those crowns is a soul winner's crown. In other words, God wants you to bear fruit here on earth God wants you to bring at least one or many to Christ. We're going to talk about presenting the gospel tonight. Let's pray together. Father, bless your word, please, and challenge us with truth. We pray and help us to be good soul winners. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Now, um, I'm going to give you a little introduction. We're going to do a little exercise. And tonight, if I can remember, I'm going to give you some homework. How about that? And so not a typical preaching message, but a teaching time. And I suppose I'm teaching one of the most important things that I could teach on apart from the gospel itself, and that's how to win somebody to Christ. Every person that you meet is either on their way to heaven or on their way to hell. You ever thought about that? Everybody you meet 
And so you ought to always have gospel tracts at least. And uh, you could be the person that God uses to change that. Now in Baptist circles, we call uh, winning people to Christ or, or tell, giving the gospel, we call that evangelism. We call that witnessing. We call that soul winning. Uh, some people on the outside, they call it pro- pro- proselytizing. Just wipe that out of your brain. If we're taking somebody from a pagan religion or a false religion and bringing them into Christianity, that's called evangelism. So uh, anyhow, uh, don't, don't worry about that right there. I think that uh, you'll be just fine with that. We don't have a whole lot of proselytizing going on. But uh, what is soul winning? Dr. John Wright said this. He said that a soul winner is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's really what we all are. All of us needed Christ, amen, one time or another. Uh, the late uh, George Truett, uh, the pastor of the First Baptist Church, Dallas, said this, bringing one soul to Jesus is the highest achievement possible to a human life. Now think about that. Bringing one soul to Jesus is the highest achievement possible to human life. All of us ought to make it our goal to at least duplicate ourselves on planet Earth. And uh, I want to challenge us in that. Someone once said that 95% of Christians never win anyone to Jesus. That is sad. I hope that's not true of you. And the world is lost today uh, not because it is unreached or unreachable. The, the world is lost today because it is unreached. And I'll just tell you that uh, winning the world to Christ, the great commission Dr. Charles Keene taught me years ago as a young pastor in West Virginia, he said this, the, the Great Commission is doable. I didn't even think doable was a word. I looked it up. It is a word, D-O-A-B-L-E. It is accomplishable. That's probably not a word. And you say, well, I don't know how that is. Just by sheer the law of obedience and the law of multiplication, the Great Commission is possible. God is responsible for conversion, you and I are responsible for giving out the gospel. And so uh, I will tell you that I was so thankful and grateful that uh, I was taught about soul winning before I was ever called to preach. And I thank God for great men of God. Dr. Rice was one of them, Dr. Curtis Hudson, who stayed in our home uh, when I was just a young boy um, growing up. And uh, he was quite the personal soul winner. And then, uh, of course, David Wood, Dr. David Wood was one of the people that actually I learned my system from, that he learned from Curtis Hudson. And so that's some of the things that I'll show you tonight. But um, let's, uh, let's do a little exercise. If you have your New Testament, I challenge you to bring it tonight. I've actually uh, picked up a new one because we're all in this. I thought, well, I'll get a new one. And also, uh, as I was using mine the other day, my old one was wore out and the pages fallen out of it <laughs> and the words were too little for me and so I have it memorized and so when I'm leading someone to Christ I let them read it you know because I've got it memorized but I was reading it the other day trying to help and I couldn't read it so I've got a bigger one now but let's take our if you don't have a New Testament with you let's let's use our uh, if I'm going low here on one side I'm not dancing okay but I don't know when this one's going to give out on me so you pray it doesn't if I ever fall on you I'm going to act like I'm having a heart attack, okay? I'm going, to make, I'm going to make the best of it I can make out of it, okay? I'm just not going to go down the same way my leg gave out. Bless his heart. Want you to take your, <laughs> your Bible or New Testament, get your highlighter and get your ink pen. I'm going to have you draw a road map, okay? Some of you have already done this. 
many of you have this memorized. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. That way nobody embarrasses anybody. But I trust that you have these verses memorized. And so <clears throat> I'm going to actually have you draw a roadmap in your Bible or in your New Testament. Uh, and uh, and uh, I'll show you how to do this. I want you to turn to uh, Romans chapter 3, verse number 23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Now in your Bible, the, the pages may be different page divisions, depending on what type of Bible you have. But I want you to underline this verse in Romans 3, 23. Now, we're going to do this fast because I got a lot to say tonight. I'm just going to give you phase one of the present presentation. So I'm going to do this really, really quick. So you stick with me, okay? I want you to underline this verse, uh, Romans 3, 23, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Okay, underline that, highlight that. Now, we're going to come back and teach this. So I'm not going to take the time to do it right now. But I want you to write beside that uh, this, if you would, 623. I'm going to give you a roadmap. So as you're presenting the gospel and you think, oh, where do I go next? I forgot. Well, it's going to be written right in there, 623. Now, while we're here, before you turn, if you look right across the page, you're going to see the same thing said in verse number 10. So you might want to pick that up and highlight that. We're going to give you four steps next week, present the gospel. But it says there, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. So you might want to throw that one in there, make yourself look like a Bible scholar. We'll, we'll explain these later. Now, I want you to turn over right in there, put in there 623. So you're going to turn to 623, and uh, I'm going to have you underline this verse. Underline this verse, second verse. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, I'll teach this later. Underline that, highlight that. Then write the roadmap, write this in, 5, 8. 5, colon, 8. Would you write that in there? Five, eight, all right? So as you're giving out the gospel, that's the second thing you'll tell them. And then you say, where do I go next? Right? Oh, five, eight, five, eight. So you go back to five, eight, all right? Five, eight. And you'll memorize this. Five, eight, look at this now. Chapter five, verse eight. But God commendeth his love toward us. That word commendeth means demonstrated or proved. You might want to jot that in there in case you forget what that means. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now you're going to give the gospel here, and I'll go into all that in detail, okay? So, okay, where do I go from there? Write the roadmap in. Here's the roadmap. 10, 9. You could put 10, colon, 9, comma, 13, okay? 10, 9, and 13, okay? So when you're done with that, and we're doing this fast, I know I'm going fast, then uh, you're going to go to chapter 10, verse 9. This is the fourth thing you'll show them, how they can call on Christ. It says here, verse 9, underline this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him there, thou shalt be saved. What a great verse. Then also, you can read all these verses in between, but verse 13 is what you want to get to to get them called in the name of the Lord. For whosoever shall call, circle that word call, upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? Now, that's really where you'll stop at the presenting of the gospel, and we're going to get to that next week, Lord willing, if you'll stick with me. But I want to talk now. You've written the roadmap. You've got the roadmap, so tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, you have your New Testament, and you want to talk to someone about the Lord. You've got your roadmap in there. Try it out. Let the Word of God work. And by the way, the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. The Word of God and the Spirit of God do the work. If at the end of the presentation, the person doesn't get saved, that's in the Lord's uh, boat, unless you really, really, really mess it up. And I'm going to try to help you not to do that, okay? Now, let's take a look at this. I've got uh, one, two, three, four things I'm going to say. And so if you have your little sheet of paper, leave yourself some white space there because I'm going to give you a couple of transitional statements and things that I want you to make. Now, I don't want you to think this is a 
This is a uh, door-to-door salesman campaign pitch. Do not look at it like this. You can take what I just gave you and just tell someone about the gospel. Tell them what happened to you. Do the best you can with the help of God. But I'm going to give you some words to say, and I want to challenge you to learn this particular system or one like it, okay? You got a better one? Go for it, as long as it's talking about the gospel. Number one, uh, in your notes there, introducing yourself. Introduce yourself. Write that in that blank. Introduce yourself. All right, what's that all about? You're going to state your name clearly unless you know your person. You know, if you, this, if, if it's a family member or a coworker or something like that, of course, you wouldn't tell Jim Bob you've been working with for 25 years. My name's Mike Norse. And he looks at you like, do you screw your shoes on in the morning like you're some kind of nutcase, okay? You got to let this thing flow. And so uh, state your name. Uh, as well as your partners. Hi, my name is Mike Norris. This is Justin Pearson. We're out knocking on the doors for our church today. Uh, Franklin Road Baptist Church, identify the church. Uh, that way they know who you are right away. I typically, am, I'm typically at that point handing them a gospel track or a flyer. Hi, my name is Mike Norris, and this is Justin Pearson. We're from Franklin Road Baptist Church out visiting our community. So you're introducing yourself. And this is not secret agent man. You're not trying to sneak up on somebody. You're not trying to trick somebody. I've been with soul winners that do those things. I'm not going to give you that. And uh, so uh, state your name. State why you're there. You're out visiting for your church. Uh, and then if you can, try to find out your prospect's name. And, uh, and at this point, you're trying to, uh, get, to, to get to know them and, and uh, be folksy at the door. And you're going to ask for just a few moments at a time. So you're doing about three or four things there. You're stating your name, name of your church, reason for your visit, out knocking on doors for our church, and then see if you can find out their name. If you can, sometimes they won't say, they'll just say, Bubba and Juanita. Okay, that's due. Bubba and Juanita who? Uh, Bubba and Juanita uh, Smith. Uh, what's your middle name? What's your social security number? What's your PIN number? Okay, you don't just, if they give it fine, just say, uh, we take just a few moments to talk with you and uh, by the way at this point there used to be a time that I would say things to where I'm from West Virginia by the way porch set in country where people come out and just sat and howdy with you no matter who you were and get out and come in when they saw you the doors were open they go yeah okay those days are over and so don't worry about getting in the home you may just talk with someone on the porch you may talk with someone in the parking lot somewhere whatever and so don't try to barge your way in. If they invite, I'm just going to tell you this, in this generation, if they invite you in, it's probably time to be a little careful. You know, you walk in there and all of a sudden there's boa constrictors in a big cage and bats over here. And Anyway, been there, done that. Anyhow, so uh, uh, at this point, uh, I don't have a place on there for this. Once you write this down, I'm going to give you three golden keys. I'm going to give you golden key number one, just so winning. Golden key number one, be folksy. Say, how you spell that? I don't know. But it's what we are in the South. We're folksy. And if you're not from the South, get folksy real quick. Because if you're not folksy and you're talking to someone in the South, you just got to be folksy. And you say, what is that? That means you're genuinely, you show genuine interest in the person. Don't be mechanical. And uh, uh, typically I'll try to... Uh, Find something, you know, that, that I, I like about their house, their landscaping, or their truck. Or, I, I mean, I, I, I show special interest, and I don't fake it, you know. 
I'll look at people's vehicles coming up. And uh, by the way, don't stick tracks and stuff under the windshield wipers of people's vehicles. For many reasons, one reason, you could set their alarm off on their car. That's really embarrassing, okay? Uh, another reason, people really are very thoughtful for, of their cars. And so um, if you'll help with that, that would be great. And we don't get those phone calls on Friday after we're out visiting. Um, but you want to be folksy. You don't want to bore somebody with some type of rambling or some type of sales pitch or whatever. And, uh, but in, or, in order to encourage people to talk, you listen. If they give you their name, listen. Repeat their name. I'm not real good with names, but I've learned if somebody gives me their name, I repeat that name. And typically, the Lord will trigger some name of somebody that you know. And, oh, do you know the, the, this per people or whatever? We've got some of those in our church, something like that. Just take a few seconds or a minute or so to be folksy. Number one, introduce yourself. Golden key number one, always be folksy. Number two, I'm watching my time here. Number two, getting on the subject. That's just at the door or in the parking lot or down at work or wherever you are, in the, in the opposite seat there on the airplane, I do the same thing. Then getting on the subject. Now, I'm getting ready to give you a million-dollar transitional statement. I want you to write it down. Number two, getting on the subject, the subject of the gospel is what I'm talking about. And here's the million-dollar statement. I want you to write it down and memorize it. I've used this thousands of times. Here it is. What is your church background? What is your church background? And then brace yourself. It's not a bad question, but you never know how it's going to be answered. Um, at that point, if you have a soul-winning partner with you, which I'm using Brother Pearson as an example, this is where he goes quiet and starts praying. You don't want to get in that folksy conversation where everybody's talking. Whenever you hear that statement, then we're getting on the subject. What is your church background? Now, all of us know that being a member of a church or attending a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. But it gets you on a religious subject all of a sudden. And so uh, uh, if your soul winning party becomes silent here, never embarrass anybody about the religious background. They're going to tell you, could tell you just about anything. Uh, or I'm part of the Church of Scientology, or I'm a Catholic, or we don't go to church, or we're atheist, or there's all kinds of things that you can hear. Uh, if you can acknowledge something commendable about the church, then, you know, just for conversation and not to be negative, uh, don't lie about anything, but they say, well, we, uh, when we were growing up, we used to attend the Methodist church. We don't go anywhere. Just say, Methodist church? Well, our preacher talks and sometimes mentions Charles Wesley and John Wesley, the great hymn writer and the great evangelist, you know. Chances are they don't have a clue who that is. And that's probably where I'd stop with that. But both men were soul winners by the way, and they believe in old-time religion. And so if you can say something commendable there, then do so. But if not, just listen intently and remember the nature of this background because uh, it can come up later in the, in the discussion because uh, I'm not asking any of you to be a theologian, but if you know anything about the Bible, there could be something they say there that you know right away that they're Armenian in their belief, which means that they believe they can lose their salvation. There's a, right away, if there's certain religions mentioned, you know that they're basing on works for their salvation. And so you're going to have to bounce the ball a few times to get through it because they'll tell you right away, well, I'm okay with that. And uh, I don't never be rude, always be kind, but 
But uh, listen intently to what they're saying. If you're going to ask that question, listen to what they say. You don't have to comment on it. But uh, some questions you may want to use to continue this conversation at this point to get on the subject um, is <clears throat> when you ask, what is your church background? They may meander around, well, we don't go anywhere. You know, right now, you may say something like, well, have you ever heard of our church? Do you know where our church is at? And begin to talk about that. Um, uh, how to, or, uh, and they may say, oh, yeah, I know where that church is. Well, how did you hear about our church? Again, brace yourself because you never, well, I'll tell you how I heard about it. By the way, let me stop here and just throw this in. That is a good reason to have a good testimony in your neighborhood. There are times, not often, there are times that I knock on the door and I talk to somebody about the Lord and they know about our church, but they've had a bad experience with another neighbor. And I have even opened my mouth and put my foot in it and said, well, yeah, uh, hey, listen, we've got some folks live right around here. Oh, I know who they are. All right, okay, do you see why you ought to have a good testimony in your neighborhood? And so uh, uh, you may uh, ask if they have some questions about the church. What you're doing is you're getting on the subject. If you write anything in that blank right there, write this down. Transitional statement, what is your church background? You're getting on a religious topic there. Number three, write this one down. Number three, <clears throat> give your testimony. Give your testimony. What you're trying to do right here is you're going to tell them uh, what your life was like before you got saved. Brother Pearson, could you step up here real quick? And uh, I'm going to give him some homework while he's stepping up here. He wasn't ready for this. Oh, I just got you because you just take these giant steps. Oh, my. I just Write down, here's a homework assignment. All right? How many are born again? How many are saved? You know you're going to heaven, all right? Guess what? Everybody raise their hand. You have a testimony. And your testimony is one of the most powerful things that you can tell anybody. If it is so powerful, why do we keep it back? Don't tell them the whole thing. I remember the time that the altar call happened. God came down and I went down the old-fashioned altar and prayed. To... Don't tell them all that stuff. Just tell them what Jesus did for you, okay? And, uh, and all that I just said may have been true. And I thank God for that, and it's precious. But you may want to say something like this. Hey, my name is Mike Norris. This is my partner over here, Matt Hayes. We're just out knocking on doors telling folks about Christ. And uh, I just want to ask you if we have a few minutes, we can talk with you a little bit. Well, um, let me ask you, and I'm, I'm speeding through this right here. It's a little more natural than this. What's your church background? You all go to church anywhere? Did you grow up in church? And you know, I'm from West Virginia, and we used to have a lot of Methodist church back there. I remember hearing some old hymns by John Wesley and some of those. You may not know who those people are, but anyway. You like to sing? <laughs> yeah. Now he's being a smart aleck, isn't he? <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. And, uh, well, the main thing is I remember the day that I got saved. And even though we're out inviting people to church, I remember the day I got saved as a, a young boy. Some people get saved at different times in life. But I was a young boy who was raised in a Christian home. I remember my mom telling me about Jesus Christ. And I remember praying a sinner's prayer and getting saved. And what a wonderful day that was. I went to church and told the preacher about it. And, and later on, I was baptized. And, and I've been living my life for the Lord now for all these years. And let me ask you right now, uh, if you're to die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? You can think about that right there, right? Uh, thank you. That's all I needed right there. But I, 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 just, I just wanted to be able to, it, it doesn't happen quite that fast. You're usually folksy. You see they're trucking under driveway and so forth. But I'm trying to run you into this thing where you're going to give your testimony. And so let's see. We're going to introduce ourselves. 
we're going to get on the subject, we're going to be folksy and all that, but you're, you're, once you say, what is your church background, you're on a religious topic now, but now you're going to turn it toward the gospel with your testimony. We're going to run you through all this later on, take you through the whole thing. And so uh, you want to tell them maybe about what your life was like before you got saved, tell them how you got saved, the who, what, when, where, just be basic about that. And, but somewhere in there, tell them about the wonderful change that was in your life. People are looking for a change, and they're looking for something real. Don't be faking this thing. And so be, be very genuine and sincere and pliable, and uh, give, your, uh, give your life's work. Now, I, I think I got time for this, but uh, I want you to, I want you to, this week, I'm not going to take up any papers, but get you a small piece of paper, type out and write out your testimony where you can tell it in under two minutes. Really, you don't have that much time. You really need to tell it in under one minute if you can. But in that, you want to include how your life was before, what Jesus did, and the change you made. Those two things. What your life was like before, what Jesus did, and the change that you, you experienced. Okay? Now, realizing the power of your testimony it does several things. You don't have to write, don't write all these things down. It creates a desire in the heart of the listener. That's salt. It causes the prospect to examine his own standing, own standing with God. That's light. There's a light coming on. Wow, if God did that for him may, or her, maybe he would do that for me. And you know, you know that he will. Second, thirdly, it manifests the power of Christ to save sinners. That's the spirit. Christ did the changing. You didn't turn over a new leaf. Give it all back to the Lord in your testimony. Number four, it prepares the heart of the listener for the word of God. Somewhere in there, you ought to mention just a quick Bible verse, you know, and it turns the attention on the Word of God, the power of the Word of God. Uh, number five, it takes away obstacles that could show up later in the conversation because you're always going to go back to what Jesus did, okay, and what Jesus will do for them. You know, the one thing that may pop up is this. Well, nobody really knows for sure. And uh, uh, they're probably thinking, I, I finally met a person that does know. That's big down here. Does anybody really know that for sure? But you're going to be the person that does know. They may think, well, nobody really cares. And they're thinking, finally, somebody cares. Somebody just came to my door to tell me about God and how I go to heaven. They may be thinking, well, this is a personal matter. But uh, that's when you can pop in there and say something like, I'm so glad that I didn't keep this all to myself, that it's so personal that, that I was open, open myself up to the gospel and so forth. Now, step number four, and I'm finished. Step number four, I got about 12 steps I want to give you here. Uh, step number four is this, ask the important question, which I did there. Ask the important question. Write this question down. If you're to die today, are you 100% sure you would go to heaven? I'm going to ver variate that in just a moment. Here it is again. If you're to die today, are you 100% sure that you go to heaven? Do not ask that to somebody that's on a heart monitor in a hospital. Beep, 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 beep. If you're to die today, beep, 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 beep. You say, does that really happen? Yes, it does. And uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I should have done this, but I was back in West Virginia years ago, and I was doing this with a man that was in ICU, and, and he... And he and he always kept putting me off. Every time I witnessed him, he'd always sort of put me off. And, and I got so frustrated because I thought, man, what if this guy doesn't get out of there? I asked him, I said, uh, Mr. So-and-so, I, I knew him well. I knew his wife. His wife was a member of our church. I said, do you not ever get under conviction when I talk to you about getting saved? 
Nah, never do. That heart marks going. Doo, 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 doo. Something was going on. Either he was mad at me, wanted me to get out of there or whatever, but something was going on. Anyhow, heart right here. God works on that heart. We ought to be prayed about that. If you're to die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? If the answer is no, here's the next word. May I take just a few minutes? May I take just a few minutes? and show you from the Word of God. It's at that point that I've made a habit to do this. Could I take just a few minutes to show you from the Word of God how you can't know for sure? Get, your, get, get it off of you. Get it on the Word of God because you're going to take them down that road map. We'll talk about that next week. And so a lot of things happen right there. And I'm not trying to be like a door-to-door salesman. But when you get that Bible out, things change. Now, by the way, if you want to pull your phone device out, that's fine. I'm not opposed to that. But there ain't nothing like a Bible. You can have a red. I've got a maroon one in my office just like this one. You know, you can get whatever, red, crimson red. But there ain't nothing like the old black book. So anyhow, what you're going to do here is uh, can I take just a few moments and show you how you can know for sure that you can go to heaven. Um, if you can get that far, as far as in my life, and this may be because I'm a preacher, I don't know, but I don't always tell a person I'm a preacher, especially when I'm sitting on an airplane. But if you can get that far, chances are they're not going to say no. And that's a good thing. I want to challenge you to really work on this part. Because tearing down those walls and barriers that the devil's putting up there. And by the way, I would say this. When you get in a soul winning situation where you're getting ready to get on the gospel, everything in the world will happen. The door will ring. The kids will start screaming. I mean, the cat will climb up. Everything in the world will happen. I had a cat climb up in the Christmas tree, and I thought the thing's going to get electrocuted. I've had pots boil over, babies cry. I've had all that stuff. You name it, it happens. And uh, just, just recently, the phone was personal. That old phone started going off. Boy, you just like to just drop kick those things. You present your Bible. This is where you want to be confident. And anything less than a yes means they need help. Now, let me just share this last point with you, okay? If you die today, you know for sure you go to heaven, 100% sure. If the answer is no, may I take just a few minutes to show you how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven, for sure. Say those words. If they say, yes, I know that, it's, it's just fair. Now, watch this now. If they are a born-again Christian, you have every right to say, wow, praise the Lord. May I ask how you got saved? Rejoice with them. Now, again, brace yourself. Because you never know what they're going to say right there. Well, I just remember. I remember. A boy growing up, man, I lived right. I had a granny who taught me how to live right. And I have been living right ever since. And I know if anybody go to heaven, I'd go to heaven. I'd be one of them. Eh, wrong answer. Now, you know that, but you don't have to tell them. You don't have to say, That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, sir. <laughs> you don't need to say that. Don't ever say that. I'm going to give you golden key number two here in just a minute. But you're listening to all that, and that's when you're going to need to bounce the ball a few times. And so if, if, if they give a convincing testimony, it doesn't matter if you agree with the kind of church they go to or not. If they, if they tell you a good testimony, I remember the day I got saved, 
and, and basing my salvation on Jesus Christ. Give me a da-da-da-da. You got to roll with it. Find a way to rejoice the best way you can. And then you want to change the conversation to spiritual. Many times I've changed. I, uh, people will tell you anything. And they know what to say here in the South. And so at that point, uh, when I turn the conversation to something spiritual and, uh, you know, something about inviting them to church, we've got a revival meeting coming up or something like that. And, boy, you got to come to our tent meeting or whatever. Or I'll ask for a prayer request. Maybe they've got something they want to they want to pray about. Maybe they've got a sick child or a sick uncle or aunt or grandma or mom or dad. And I say, well, we've got to pray in church. I want you to be praying. Many times when you get to that point and they can tell they've spoofed you, sometimes they'll come back around and say, well, you know, really, I would like you to show me that. Now, that doesn't always happen. Let me give you golden key number two. And uh, by the way, always leave with the church brochure so they know who you are, where you came from, and try to get them to visit the church if they're not in church somewhere. Golden key number two, and I'm finished. Golden key number two. Would you write this down? Never offend anybody. Never offend anybody. Again, I've been with, I've been with people that do. I, 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 don't do that. I'm your pastor, and I'm asking you, never offend anybody. Um, you're, first of all, you're on their turf. You're on their time. And uh, they have a schedule to keep. If they're in a hurry and they just don't want to talk, just try to find a way to gracefully, God bless you, we'll be praying for you. You all have a great day. Can I try to come to church again and head her on the next house? God's got somebody. But uh, Jesus always showed compassion to the very end. He'd work people like the lady at the well. He'd work them to the very end. He could have he really tore her up at the beginning, but he let her come to him. And, and the other reason is always leave the door open for somebody else, okay? Now, with that, uh, what we're trying to get you to involve yourself in is just be a witness, just be a witness. If you're able to go on organized visitation, do that. If you're going on your own, fine. If you're doing it down at work, fine. If you, you may be in a conference somewhere out of town and God burdens you for, for another person, a coworker, whatever, learn how to get that person to the place where you can open your Bible and show them how to be saved. By the way, if you get to the place where you cannot open your Bible or you've forgotten your Bible or whatever, memorize those verses. So that you can take them down. I've been doing this for so long. I have those Bible verses memorized. I remember old Clyde Box one day. Uh, Clyde Box in heaven, and, and he was out witnessing to somebody. went went to the hospital to visit somebody that was dying, and he got in there and he and he went to pull his New Testament out of his lapel. He didn't have his New Testament, and uh, he reached in other pockets, couldn't find anything, and said he looked at the old guy. He said uh, he 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 wasn't able to to see very well. And he was pretty bad sick, so he just, this is awful what I'm getting ready to tell you. Clyde Box in heaven, he's hearing me tell this. He just, he just pulled out his billfold. He said, well, it, just, it looked like a Bible. His billfold looked like a Bible. So it says right here, all of a sudden it comes toward the glory of God. Would you say you've sinned it comes toward the glory Oh, yeah, I have. And he always tells the story he led somebody to Christ using his billfold. Anyway, I'm just telling you that. <laughs> Memorize it. How about that? Dr. Lee Robertson said this, a witness just tells what he knows. A witness just tells what he knows. On the witness stand, a witness just tells what he knows. And if you're saved, you're a witness. What kind of witness are you? You didn't see Jesus' miracles. You didn't see him die on the cross. You didn't see him rise from the grave. But you believe by faith that he did. And you do know he saved your soul. 
and you do know that he changed your life, and, and you do know that he gave you joy and something to live for, and that's what we're to tell other people. So get your mind twisted around this thing. Let's start telling folks about Christ. Let's stand together, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask you this. Are you an open witness? Or do you doubt Christ? Are you weak in your faith? Maybe you're here tonight, you don't know for sure that you would go to heaven. You listen to that whole gospel presentation of how we give out the gospel. <clears throat> but tonight, you don't know for sure that you're saved. You're in the best place you can be to come to the Lord. They're going to play on the piano here in just a moment softly, but while they're playing, we'll have somebody standing on the end of each aisle with a Bible in their hand. Tonight, they'll take that Bible and show you in just a moment how you could be saved. Same thing I just showed you just a moment ago. Some people use the book of John. But faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everybody's saved the same way. By believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But they would not know what that is apart from the Bible. And tonight, we'd like to help you if you're not sure that you're saved tonight. If you've been saved, not been baptized, we want to talk you through all that. These men will help you with that. Tonight, if you'd like to join our church, they'll help you with that. As we sing this hymn of invitation, would you ask God to make you the witness that you need to be? Would you do that? Fathers, we seek to knock on these doors now the next several months. I pray that you would empower us to be the witness we need to be. Help us to take those gospel tracts and our New Testaments and shake the dust off of them and give us renewed zeal and vigor as we seek to reach the lost around us everybody we come in contact with either going to heaven or hell help us please to win the lost if there's someone here tonight that's unsaved i pray they'll come to you please in jesus name we ask amen brother pearson lead us in the song you come would you do that set my soul afire lord for thy holy word Burn it deep within me, let your voice be heard. Millions grope in darkness in this day and hour. I will be your witness. Let's look at the screen. Let's sing that song together. Let's sing it with the chorus, would you? Set my soul afire, Lord. Set my soul afire. Make my life a witness of thy saving power. Millions grow. may be seated father thank you for your word tonight and help us Lord, as we seek to win the lost or give us boldness give us zeal help us to go in the power of the holy spirit please we pray in jesus name we ask amen amen i fully understand that everybody will not feel comfortable being an active soul winner but i'm praying that god gives all of you boldness to do so 
but you can at least be a partner. You can at least be somebody that can be praying for those who go and help us organize and all that. Sowers and reapers, some sow, some reap. And so may God help us reap, reap a harvest. Brother Pearson. Yeah, bus meeting. I got a bus meeting, a brief deacons meeting in my office. And so if I can get my deacons up here, let me have my deacons up here real quick right up front, and then we'll meet again, reconvene in my office. I get you to do that. And our bus workers, I'll be over real quick just a moment in that meeting. Let's stand together. We'll sing. All right. Don't forget that we do have maps available right here in the uh, mirrored lobby area uh, as we've set them out there. That is there consistently. Um, also, if you have already completed some maps from this week, we'd love for you to turn those in in that same location. And that way we can take them, compile the information and get follow-up visits taken care of if we, uh, if we have some available. Let's sing together that chorus that we sang last week. So little time, the harvest will be over. Let's sing together just that chorus. Today we reap or miss our golden harvest. Today is given us lost souls to win. Oh, then to save some dear ones from the burning. Today we'll go to bring some sinner in. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. If I get my deacons a Ziggy right up here real quick, and then we'll reconvene in my office before me right here.